Good morning, everybody. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Ryan, and this is Corey. Yeah, I think we know pretty much everybody here. But um, I'll let you guys know some plans, and then we'll go from there. So we're going to be moving today, and we're headed out to Redding, California, where I'll be attending um, first year of Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So we're really uh, excited about it, as I just really have felt the calling of God on that for my life. And um, yeah, so that's our plan. Um, beyond that, we don't have a ton of plans. So I'll let you just say, start out. So we've been coming here since 2006, the fall of 2006, so that's 12 years. So that's cool. Um, when I first came in, I, I think most people felt this, but you just feel like a sense of belonging and home, and this is where I'm supposed to be. So um, felt that the first night I came, and then um, I had been in other churches like before I was a Christian, and just kind of you know, the pastor was up front. You never really met him except for the greeting time. And John and Char, like the first time they met me, were like, come over for dinner. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord's dinner tonight. Like, it was just like, oh. And I was so nervous. I was like, have I, I was like trying to get all the sins out, you know, just because I was so used to such a big barrier between like a, like the pastor and people. So they've just, and everybody here knows that. You've probably been over to the house for dinner, but they're just such a mom and dad and have really believed in us, and I've just felt so safe to grow here. And what I really wanted to say was um, this house has words of being a greenhouse. Has it, have you guys heard that story? Raise your hand if you've heard it, because I'd like... So some of you don't. Do you know, how, do you know the word exactly? It's like basically a prophet prophet came here and got a word over this place that it was a greenhouse and um, when I came in like probably two weeks in I got inner healing for a year with um, Pat Shaw here but then beyond that um, basically you can go as far in God as you want to here like there's no root there's no ceiling and um, I we wouldn't be going to Bethel without Water's Edge because I wasn't I just got to know God and got to know myself here, and um, I just encourage you guys to, like, fall on your face here and just, like, let it all hang out. Go as deep as you want. Let yourself grow. Find where the greenhouse is for you, and then even people who've come here for, like, 10 years, like, keep digging into that greenhouse. Um, I had a dream, like, a while ago, and um, I was in... It started off in a black and white setting, and it was like roofs kind of broken down, and I was in like a church or like a land called Truth, and um, it was really like hard to get through, and it was just Truth, and um, you had to like pick up boards to get through, and I had heard little sayings of whisperings of a land called Free, like a town called Free, and people were sneaking off to go get there and like get out of the, the land of Truth or whatever. I don't know if it was Truth, but it was like basically like a religious setting or just the baseline of Christianity. And so I got on this little, you know, thing to go to the land of free. Well, how you had to get to free was, first off, you walked through the desert and it was color. So there was color now in the dream. And you had to walk up to this cliff. So there was like a cliff, like the Grand Canyon, you couldn't see the bottom. And you had to step onto a platform that they cut the strings. So you're like, am I going to die? Like, maybe I'll die, but... 
everyone was like, it's better than the land of truth. Like, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'd rather risk dying. So you, everybody got on the platform and like these strings got cut and we like fell to the bottom, landed, obviously we're fine and now we're in the land of free. And it was this little town, this is really funny. And it had all these little, little huts and it was desert. And there was all these like, this is, I don't know, round Native American ladies, like just, you know, like a baking. And I just, I don't know what it all means. I'm just explaining it to you. And so we, we, we lived in the town of free and like, it was just awesome. And I was in a little house and I started noticing like some of these little old ladies would like, I would catch it. Nobody else saw it. They would go into their back door and they would ride off into the clouds. And I was like, I would tell people, have you seen this? Have you seen, they disappear. But was, everyone's like, no, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But I was like, I swear, I swear. Well, it was the land of more, and it was secret, and barely anybody knew about it. And I just had this dream on my heart today that I just, there's no limit to knowing God. Like, you can go as deep as you want. He's just there. And it can get weird, and that's really cool, you know? So... That's just my story. We've, we've, we, we are who we are because of Water's Edge and the community. So. That's awesome. That was a good word. Just pack it up, head home. No. Uh, I just want to echo what my wife said. Um, yeah, we wouldn't be who we are without the people in this room, in this church. Um, I was thinking back to, to like, you know, we, me and Corey came here as like a dating couple and this church saw us break up and sitting on opposite ends of the, you know, sanctuary. Um, this church endured some of like my first sermons, like <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, but like, I'll never be so thankful uh, for a pastor and a congregation <laughs> that would like allow me to get up here and learn and just go for it, you know? So, um, incredibly thankful to yeah the church and the elders and um, so many. I have so many fathers and mothers in this place: Bill and Pat Shaw, Kurt and Nancy Rife, Pastor John and Shar. Poof. Like, so many people who believe in us. And uh, I will never be able to thank you guys enough for that. So, it's awesome. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to preach. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, God, and thank you for this place, Lord. Thank you for Water's Edge Church. And just the work that you've done in this place, Lord, the amazing, amazing work, Lord, that you've done in this place and you continue to do, Lord, in this community, Father. Just thank you for um, the prophetic calling on this church, Father, to be a a voice in the city, Father, and a voice of healing, Lord, um, to so many. God, thank you that you've made this place a safe place, Father, for people to learn and grow in you, God. And I just Thank you that you delight, Lord, in this place, Father. Just thank you for how much you delight in water's edge, Lord, and all that they stand for, God, here. 
It's awesome, Lord. Um, just bless this morning, Lord. Bless this word, Father God, as we just um, press into more of you, Father God. We just uh, we welcome your presence here. Amen. All right. Whew. Okay, this morning I'm going to talk about breakthrough. Um, if you've been around the church much, you're probably familiar with this term. How many, have you guys heard of like the word breakthrough? If you're like church, you've usually heard of it. Sometimes if you haven't grown up in church, you might not have heard of it. Um, it's usually, it's, it's used to describe like, um, people might say, I need breakthrough in my finances, right? So for them, they feel like they should be one place and for some reason they can't quite get there, um, you might hear, you might have heard the term, like, I'm really praying for breakthrough in my life. Um, you know, maybe it's a spiritual season. Someone feels like they've been in the, kind of in the same thing, and like something within them is like, I should be here, and, but I'm not there yet. And it's, sometimes it can be hard to put your, uh, like, put words to, so, that, so we often say, like, oh, I'm praying for breakthrough. Um, Another good definition might be we feel as though something is blocking us in the spirit realm from getting where we're called to be. A lot of times the Old Testament is a picture of like New Testament life. So, you know, the children of Israel, they needed breakthrough to get into the promised land, right? They needed to cross a river or, uh, you know, there was the walls around Jericho. So those are like Old Testament examples of things that we face in our life uh, as born-again believers. So I want to look at this topic of breakthrough and just give you guys some insights from Scripture as well as, well as personal examples of how I've seen this in my life. So uh, we're going to have three points. Point one, um, the good Father has allowed us to face obstacles. Um, I think this, some t- this is uh, like a tricky theological point, I think, for some people, because... Uh, sometimes as believers, when we come up against a wall, our initial reaction can be a little bit of frustration, right? Because we're like, God, like, why am I stuck? I should be moving, or I should be on the other side of that wall. Or, God, how come you didn't just take care of this wall for me? Um, and I like to think of it like it would be easier for me as a father. I've got a six-year-old daughter named June. It'd be easier for me as a father, right, to get all the obstacles out of the way in her life so she could just go. But what I've learned is that, and I'm actually not good at this at all. I do way too much for her, but <laughs> she's my little princess. What are you going to do? No, so, um, you know, I think it was like one day I was like, you know, opening the string cheese for her, and she's like, Dad, I can do that, you know? Um, and I think it's really similar to God the Father where, there's times when he's going to clear the way for you and make a path for you to just walk right through, and it's awesome. But there's also times where he's going to allow that obstacle to stay in your way until you figure out uh, how to bring it down, right, and to grow through that process, because um, that's what a good father does. I think of, like, there's tons of stories of this from the Old Testament, but I think of the story of Gideon, and... Um, where, you know, God comes to him. You guys know the story of Gideon? Okay. Gideon was in the Old Testament. God's like, hey, they were, the children of Israel were in 
basically enslaved to a, another country. And um, they're not enslaved. Were they enslaved? Oppressed, yeah. They were oppressed by another country. And uh, God comes to Gideon and says, you're going to be my deliverer. And Gideon's like, at first is like, I don't know. God ends up giving him some signs. And he's like, all right, I'll do this. So he gets the, he gets the army together. And they're outnumbered three to one. And God says, you've got too many troops. And I can just imagine Gideon being like, okay. Like, I was expecting a different answer. Um, Anyway, God whittles them down all the way down to 300 men against like, Shar? Countless, right. Uh, Anyway, they're way, 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 way outnumbered. But it was like, it was this obstacle because God was like, you know, I could, I could bring about a victory with three to one, but I want to I put you in a situation that's going to require incredible amounts of faith and growth and development for you as a leader. Um, <laughs> I just love that story so much. I'll just share a little bit more. He ends up going down. So right before they fight, they've got, like, Gideon's got his 300 men above, and then there's, like, all these, all these guys in the valley, camping in the valley. And Gideon goes down and listens, listens at the door of one of the tents, and this soldier's like talking to another soldier on the bad guys team. And the soldier's like, the soldier's like, I had this dream where this bread came rolling down a hill and knocked some guys over. And the other guy's like, I got an interpretation for that dream. It's Gideon. He's going to destroy us. There's two parts that I love about this. The first part is the dream, but the second part is this interpretation this guy had, which is like, doesn't make sense at all. But it was like, it was just that the, like, the spirit of the Lord was there and just freaking these guys out. Anyway, the Lord ends up doing a tremendous victory where these guys were so afraid, they ended up slaughtering them all um, and brought a great deliverance to the children of Israel. Um, all that to say, uh, the good father allows us to face obstacles in our life at times to grow us. Um, uh, on the same point, Jesus is no longer here because the father so deeply believes in his children. Um, one thing I've noticed among a lot of us is a lot of believers is there's a tendency to, to, to put Jesus on a pedestal a little bit. And it's not that Jesus wasn't amazing or the son of God, um, but the father chose for him to return to heaven. Right? You guys right? Is he alive today? Come on. Is he on this earth in his physical body today? No. Could he be? Yeah. Who's here instead? Who else is here instead? We are. Right? Amen. And the Holy Spirit which the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus when he walked the earth is now filling us as we walk the earth. God could do it a different way. He could have kept Jesus here to do miracles and bring his kingdom. But the Father is crazy. He has this crazy idea in his head that his his other sons and daughters, his joint heirs with his son Jesus, are going to one day lay hold of the truth of who they are. 
Come on. Which is why he's like, he's allowed us to face obstacles. Come on. God could also easily put Satan in his place, but his heart is to father his family and that we would. There's scripture to back that up. If you want it, it'll be in the subnotes. Um, this is just like a minor subpoint of point one. What bothers you? What irks you? Could be the area you are you are being called to bring breakthrough. There was a uh, there was a a guy who was a Forbes 500 wealthiest man in the world, and he was invited into uh, to go see a I think it was like a country in Africa, and he saw children in line, fainting, waiting to get food. And um, it so irked this man that he said, when he got back to the United States, he called 10 other uh, incredible people of influence and brought them together and said, we're going to change this. We're going to do something different. So I guess I just put, that's just like a minor sub point. Whatever bothers you in your spirit could very well be something that you're called to bring breakthrough in. Whatever that is, there's lots of different realms of what it is. It's not always just the church, right? Some of us are going to be called to bring breakthrough in, uh, in, the, in the music industry, in the arts, yeah, in business. So you're like, Ryan, I get it. There's obstacles, but how do I break through? That's what I'm talking about. Here we go. Well, here's what, here's what we usually try as Christians is intense prayer, shouting, making declarations. Uh, those are all good, but don't always bear fruit. Have you guys ever tried that, right? You're like up against a wall and you're like, I heard a sermon on declaring things, so I'm going to come to the church late at night and shout, make declarations. Uh, it doesn't always work. So uh, here's point two. Um, who is in charge of your spiritual development? It's the Father and Holy Spirit. So the first truth, or the first truth of point two, the Father wants breakthrough for you and your family more than you do. I mean, is that hard for you guys to believe? Man, sometimes it's not necessarily hard for me to believe up here, but sometimes it's hard for me to like walk in that truth. The Father wants breakthrough for you and your family more than you do. Oh, yes, Lord. Sometimes we are shouting at walls that aren't ready to come down. And we can shout till we're blue in the face, but the best thing we can do is to perceive what the Spirit is doing. Um, this is a truth that like, has probably brought the most spiritual development in my life, is when I handed the reins of my spiritual development I don't know, you guys, this sounds kind of weird, but I, I always get this picture of a stagecoach, you know, for my spiritual development, and sometimes I just have to, like, remind myself to, like, take the reins and give them back to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we want to be somewhere spiritually that, like, we're not ready to be yet, right? And we can... Like, the Father allowed the children of Israel to wander in the desert for 40 years. And he'll do the same for us. 
um, if we don't allow him to take us through the lessons we want, he wants to take us through, right? Oh, man. When I first came here, I was a really spiritual guy. I had a lot of things figured out. And, um, and one of the first, when I was living here, probably going to Water's Edge for three weeks, one of the first things God said to me was, I want you to forget everything that you think you know about me. And I was like, God, I've got a lot of good things to help people. He's like, yeah. Uh, the truth was, I knew a lot up here, right? But I hadn't walked through, like, heart stuff that he needed to walk me through. That's, like, humbling, you know? And he began to, like, teach me um, about his love, which you're like, well, that should be the first thing I know as a good Christian. Anyway, um, all that to say, you're going to experience the best spiritual growth in your life when you walk through the things that he wants you to walk through. And until you're willing to do that, for some of you in this room, it's going to be um, pain from your past. About six months into that same journey, you guys, I had to go to um, one night I woke up and the Lord was just really pressing it on my heart. And I called up Charlie Hallsworth at 11 p.m. at night. This is when he lived like in an apartment in the basement before, uh, anyway, yeah. So I call him up at 11 p.m. at night because the Lord had touched, um, I had been molested as a child and I had turned around and molested other kids. And he's like, Ryan, this is the area that I'm touching right now. And it's like, if you're willing, it's hard. But he's like, unless you deal with this area, you can't get to this place in your calling that I need you to be. And it takes uh, courage as uh, a person to, to follow the Holy Spirit in that. But what I can tell you is this. If he puts it on your heart, he'll bring breakthrough in that area. Come on. Come on. Um, so for example, at the end, I'm going to give you, at the end, I'm going to invite pe people up for prayer because that's what we do at Wire's Edge Church. And some of you, when I do that, you're going to feel this pressing on your heart, this urging to go forward because the spirit has something for you. But coming up isn't the magic move. Some of you've come up and received numerous times until one Sunday, the Lord urges you to go pray for someone else. And you're like, but that's Cody Lieber's job. Wait a minute, right? But the Lord is like jealous to bring you into that breakthrough. It's kind of like what Mike Phillips was talking about, where it's like we don't, um, he's so jealous as a father to just uh, continue to bring breakthrough into our lives. He gives us these opportunities um, if we'll just respond and obey. So I guess my encouragement to you, so perceive what the Spirit is doing. As crazy as it may sound, and just go for it. Um, there's so many examples in my life that I'm like, God, I don't know why you had me do that. And maybe we'll know someday in heaven where it's like, this is why I had you do that. Um, there was one time, I don't know, I, Charlie, it was the middle of Tennessee and Charlie, the Lord was like, Charlie, I want you to go to that intersection, fall on your knees and declare Jesus is Lord as loud as you can. Ah! 
and he'll do the same for you guys. And Charlie's like, I have no idea why God had me do that. But I wonder, right, if the Lord wasn't developing something in him, because now Charlie meets with like the most, probably the most powerful people in Marquette, business executives in Marquette, and can walk without a fear of those men. Why? He had something broke, maybe he had something broken off in that moment that says, I'm not going to be afraid of what people think of me. Come on. Man. Gets you excited, doesn't it? All right, you guys ready for point three? It's probably my favorite. Uh, Holy Spirit doesn't seem to have the same concerns for society and church norms that I do. In fact, breakthrough often comes on the other side of breaking norms. Hashtag, uh uh-oh. What is a norm? For those of you who don't know, uh, a norm is how normal society and church acts. It's the unwritten rules, and everybody has them, right? So the water's edge norms are we sing three worship songs, Charlie shares, we pray, Kurt shares. Like, those are our norms. Like, there's not rules about it anywhere, but that's just how we do it. Um, I can see, like, Pastor John's getting nervous. I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> like, oh, you like, I told him I was going to let it loose today. I was just saying uh, the Father and the Holy Spirit want to bring his kingdom to earth as it is in heaven, right? Like that's what Jesus lived to do was to bring the Father, the reality of heaven to earth. And this is what got Jesus in trouble. This is what Jesus, um, he was the ultimate norm breaker. And he didn't just do it to do it. But he said in his heart that we would do and say what the Father was doing and said. He just said it in his heart. What the Father's doing and saying, that's what I'm going to do and say. So I wonder when he was at that synagogue, right? And they're reading from Isaiah. And they're like, hey, Jesus, why don't you take a turn? And the Father's like, I want you to open it up to this passage, you know? So Jesus gets up. And we think of him as, Oh, Jesus. But back then they were like, he's a teacher. He's good. We like Jesus. He's got incredible wisdom. So he opens it up and he reads Isaiah. What is it? 60. He reads it. (laughs) And then you know what the father says to him? Everyone was okay with the reading of the scriptures. And then the father says, Jesus, say this scripture is fulfilled today in you. I'm telling you, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because Jesus in that moment was probably like, every person in this room is going to have a problem with that. But the Father was like, heaven doesn't have a problem with it. And it's what I'm declaring over you, son. Ah, come on. If you're going to follow his voice, eventually you're going to have to break some norms. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a few personal examples of like when I've seen this in my life. Um, I, I want to start off with an example I thought of. How many of you guys remember the, the IHOP awakening that happened in like three or four years ago? How many of you guys remember that? Okay. 
For those of you who don't know, International House of Prayer is a, is a prayer chapel that for 24-7 they've prayed for the last 10 plus years, I don't even know, longer than that, 20 plus years probably, yeah. They've been praying for 24-7, okay? Well, about five or six years ago, they had this incredible thing, stirring of the Holy Spirit, and um, Nathan was down there, and um, they were just like, God is here, and he's doing all these amazing things. Does anyone know how it started? Uh, there's a, what, sorry? Yeah. Yeah. So the, a freshman at IHOPU, okay, this girl felt like at her freshman class of like Bible school, she was supposed to stand up and share her eating disorder. She was just like, Man, can you imagine you're going to Bible college? You're like, you know, I'm supposed to have my crap together. And one day in class, God's like, hey, I want you to, to share with your class. And she did. Right? And she, so she stood up. And then pretty soon, I'm, I might not have the story exactly right, but she shared, she shared her struggle. And pretty soon, other students began to share their vulnerability. And the Holy Spirit began to move. And so this this girl who had no idea, she probably thought, I'll get healing, perhaps, if I just follow what the Spirit is going to do and share my vulnerability. Like, it'll be for me. And the father would have stopped there. But what's really cool is it was, there was a domino effect. And all of a sudden, other people began to listen and hear the Holy Spirit and, and responded to her courage. And pretty soon, um, a whole city was shook by the presence of the Lord and People were up giving testimony on stage for all hours of the day as the Holy Spirit touched them because one girl listened to the voice of the Lord and said, I'll, I'll share this right now. Wow. Come on. Um, I'll, probably, I'll share one of like probably the most powerful experiences in my life when I've learned this. Um. It happened over there in the coffee shop. There's a group of guys getting together for a Bible study um, to, to pray and spend time with God. And um, during this time, all the guys got together and they were actually praying over me. They're praying for me, praying. And one guy, Charlie, was really, he, he, was, he was praying for suddenlies. So how many of you guys know it takes faith to pray for a suddenly? A suddenly is like, God, I want something to happen now to Ryan. You know, so when you're on the receiving end of that, it's like, it's a little, you know, you're like, I'd like, hopefully something happens for your prayer and your faith. So he's praying this, he's praying this, nothing happens, you guys. Zero, zilch, right? So they all back off and we're just kind of like there. And I hear the Lord say, um, tell them to keep praying for you. It's a little awkward, you know? I think I was the only guy they had prayed for at that point. And I'm like... <laughs> Keep her coming, guys, right? But I chose, instead of worrying about what other people thought, I was like, meh. I said, I feel like I'm supposed to keep praying. And that was like, that was like feeding a dog a bone to Charlie, man. He was like, oh, you know, he ran over to me again. And guys, I don't remember what happened. Because the Lord, all of a sudden, descended so heavily in that place, he removed all inhibitions from me. And for the next, like, 36 hours of my life, um, whatever the Holy Spirit said and did, that's what I did. 
And I've never encountered his presence so powerfully in my life. Man, it scares me how subtle he is. Doesn't it? You're like, God, what if I had been like, oh man, what am I thinking that I want to ask for prayer again? And guys, there's times when, just being like really open with you guys, there's t- there was a time I was a part of a business development leaders and the Lord was like, when it's your turn, I want you to share the gospel. And I didn't. And there was like 12 business leaders in that room. And then like, probably like two or three months later, I, I wasn't in that group anymore. And um, like, he's such a good father. He's not like, hey, Ryan, you screwed up, right? But it, for me and for my calling on my life, I have such a jealousy to say like, whatever you want to see happen in your kingdom, I want to see happen on earth. So it just like, it gets to me that I'm like, God, you wanted to break through for someone that day. You wanted to do something that day. Um, luckily, he's such a good father. He's like, you'll get it next time, son. You know, we'll get it. <sighs> uh, last story and then we'll wrap it up. Um, uh, probably like two or three weeks ago, I got the word, God is releasing the wild one. I was here at this church, and um, I think it's a word for this church. I think it's a word uh, bigger, maybe smaller than that. And I don't know if that resounds with you guys, but God is releasing the wild ones. Come on. Come on. Those who aren't going to be afraid anymore of what people think. Yeah. Hmm. And I feel like there's a... um, There's a blending of generations that is coming. God had me repent for how I've spoken about millennials. Because God says, hey, I created them to be the answer for some of the the situations that society is facing. And I want you to speak life over them. But there's a blending of generations coming that we will, um, it's not just for the millennials. It's for, like, the whole family of God. Hmm. I'm just going to go into, I'm going to just prophesy this over you guys, and then um, I'll pray and we'll have an invitation. So, God, I just thank you that you're releasing the wild ones in this room, God. Yeah, Lord. I just thank you that uh, Water's Edge is going to be, is a greenhouse, Lord like that word that Corey shared today, God. And I just thank you that, Father, you're raising up um, sons and daughters in this place, Lord, who will not fear, who will not fear men, but will fear you, God. Father, I just thank you for the breakthrough that's coming in their lives, Lord, whether it's big or small. And more than that, Lord, I thank you for the breakthrough that they're gonna uh, walk into that's gonna bring breakthrough for this whole church, Lord, in this whole community. Hmm. Guys, I believe there's people in this church that you're the breakthrough that this church needs. And you're looking to the leaders and, and others that you're like, well, they're more spiritual than I am. And, and, and you're the breakthrough. You're the key. Hmm. Father, we just say yes, Lord.
We say yes to your plan, Lord. We say yes to your voice, Lord. Hmm. Hmm. God, thank you that it doesn't have to be big steps. Sometimes we're like, I got to do this big thing for you, God, in order to bring breakthrough, Lord. All you ask of us is obedience, Lord. And you never ask us for something greater than we can handle, Lord. Hmm. We'll take a couple minutes and I, we'll just ask, Lord, what are you calling me to this morning? What are you calling me to this morning? I want these guys to keep having time to share, but we also want to pray blessing over them. And, uh, you know, you've gone out and tried a couple things. And you came back and said, well, there's still more to do here. But there's a sense that this is... Um, really a good thing in the Lord what you're doing you know you've been patient you you've uh, pursued him and waited until this worked and uh, we want to acknowledge that and uh, so we want to send you out with blessing uh, and uh, the uh, we're gonna miss both of you have an ability to kind of be out there at times, you know, take the chance. And uh, we're going to have to pray for that to be reestablished here. And I like the wild one's idea. But, I mean, just the, the, the willingness to say something and let it be out there has been very important for us as a group, the, the blessing of that. And, uh, you know, inspires the rest of us so we want you to to go with God's blessing for sure so Lord we thank you thank you for this couple for June and, and Lord we ask that as they uh, even make the final arrangements as far as housing and, and uh, jobs and the rest that there be that certainty of your provision and care and guidance in that but also as they step into another portion of your community that you will allow them to develop friendships quickly uh, in places of service and ministry as well. And that we ask that you'd open the doors for them to speak life over others, that, uh, that their giftings would be used in fullness uh, in that setting as well. And Lord, in whatever you have them out there to develop in and learn and train, we just ask that uh, their hearts will be open to it and there will be an, uh, an ease of pulling it in and, and embracing it for life. We just ask blessing upon them. Amen. Amen. So, again, we're going to um, just allow this ministry to continue. Um, as was mentioned before, if, if you want to come up and receive that prayer that way, yeah. let's do that. Gotcha. Okay? Yeah. Come on.